NFL week one, we did our recap show with that. You can go check that out. But there's still some more stuff to talk about because we need to talk about who had the worst loss, quite frankly. And we need to talk about the drama in Chicago. And we also need to talk about the biggest fantasy bust of the week, along with the pretenders or contenders of the quarterbacks. NBA, the Clippers, they uh, they blew it again. They, they blew really, the Warriors. They really <laughs> They blew it again. We'll talk about that. MLB got you my power rankings and possibly a pitcher winning the triple crown this year. And of course, UFC, we got a new curse fight. Dana White needs to pay the man. And a new former Bellator champion joins the UFC. And we have to predict a little bit of UFC Vegas 11 because that card is, oh, it's so nice. I can't wait. But, you know, like I said, welcome to episode 51 of the 4th Long Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined along by Jalen Johnson. I know it's been a little bit since we've seen his ugly face on the show, but he's back. a lot of scheduling issues, but He's back. back. (laughs) Um, Not better than ever. And we're going to get this thing going. (laughs) That's fair. That's 100% fair. (laughs) (laughs) So, first off, we have to talk about who had the worst loss in week one. Depends on... Uh, how you want for it, like, is it the worst impact? Is it just the biggest blowout? Where do you want to go with this one? So I'll give you the floor of your worst loss of week one. Okay. So if I had to go with it, my biased answer is the 49ers. The mm-hmm. 49ers, they, a lot of teams were like, everyone was excited about the Cardinals, but no one was really sold on them yet. They didn't yeah. think, like, everyone was like, oh, they look great, but everyone expected them. Like, if you looked at any uh, sports out analysis at all mm-hmm. before that game. Everyone, Niners, 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 Niners. Or, oh, I really like the Cardinals, but I'm going to go Niners to be safe. Yeah, right. Everyone <laughs> was going Niners. The so Niners, even on the, the board, they were expected to win barely, but they were expected to win pretty much across the board. And they ended up losing 24 20 uh, off of a bad Jimmy Garoppolo game. Uh, and it finished the game off Shocker. in perfect. A bad Jimmy G game? Ooh. Yeah, it, it, Jimmy Garoppolo do a terrible pass to try to secure a first down on fourth and five, I believe it was. Gets knocked down by second-year corner Byron Murphy, and they lose. I think it's a bad – I think, honestly, with the hype that they had coming to the season, they probably should have – hype-wise and on paper, they should have won that game. That's uh, that's why I put that one. But if I'm going off of what I think overall was the worst loss of week one, I have to go with the Browns versus the Ravens. Uh, it's a loss for Baker Mayfield. It's a loss for Odell. It's a loss for Jarvis Landry. It's a it's a loss for that updated Browns line. Oh, yeah. It's a loss for that new de- upgraded defense. And, and it's, it's, it's just a loss. <laughs> so um right <laughs> and then they just signed austin hooper in free agency they did to a, a at that point <laughs> a record-breaking tight end deal see now i yeah the ravens absolutely blew the browns out of the water but what was it 38 to 6 38 6 but here i have a different worse loss one that people might not think as much because the score is close but brutal nonetheless it was in Jacksonville, you had the Colts mm. at the Jags. Colts definitely favored in this game, even in yes. front of Jacksonville's couple thousand fans. They go in there. They put up 445 total yards of offense. They don't punt the ball, and they lose 27-20. to 20. Mm. That is just embarrassing. You can't do that. You can't not punt the football. And still lose to a team that's supposed to be tanking. And by the way, Gardner Minshew had one incompletion. 
the entire game. That's so stupid. We'll, we'll get to Gardner Minshew in a second. Just you, just you wait on that one. Just yes. you wait on that one. But next, <laughs> we got to talk about the drama in Chicago with Allen Robertson removing. Of course, this is how we do things in, in the present day. If you're mad at someone or your, your team, what you do, you go to your Twitter, you go to your Instagram, and you delete them. It's like breaking up with that. It's like breaking up with X. You delete any yes. sort of mention of them from your social media, you right? Do your camera, and you get rid of all the pictures. Or you yes. be one of those guys that has um, in your bio. I still love you, Jessica. Yep, yep. Gotta go. <laughs> There's always one. There's, There's always the one, but not Alan Robinson. Uh, at least for the time being. He, so, it, it was a developing story. He removed all mentioned bears from social media. Then Terry Cohen goes out and tweets, hashtag resign uh, AR. And, but then, apparently, they had to sit down with Matt Nagy and Alan Robertson, and they resolved their issues. I don't buy this. I think there's genuinely something there. I don't think the way Alan Robertson's been reacting, he's been screwed, man. How is he going to be one of the best wide receivers in the game? And have mm-hmm. to deal with this kind of quarterback char- charade, clown show, circus that they got going on in Chicago. Yes. He should be on the contending team getting paid way more than he is. So they're, this is going to get hashed out with a small conversation with their head coach. I'm yes. not buying And for you guys looking at it, yes, the Bears did win, but they should have lost. They they lo- they won the game because of a wide-open drop touchdown. Yeah. Really nobody covering the they should have lost the game, right. which would have put a put the cherry on top of the problems that they were having right now. Exactly. But he did drop a wide open touchdown, and they did get the win. See, but, honestly, winning that game is the worst thing that could have happened for Chicago because Mitch Trubisky ended up pulling some decent game from from his butt in the fourth quarter. So what that means is that oh, Mitch Trubisky isn't the problem. He's not the problem. It's it's just whatever's going on with the team right now. We don't have enough tight ends still. We still that that's that's a real problem there. We need but, ten but they, more. <laughs> they need ten more. But they can push the blame off of Mitch Trubisky for another week and just keep on kicking this can down the road and it's it's embarrassing. Allen Robertson will be out of Chicago before the trade deadline this season. Yes. It's going to happen. I agree. You agree? I think he, I think he should go. Uh, I think right now I could see him going to the 49ers who need receivers. Uh, <laughs> they, they didn't have a good outing with the receivers. Their mm-hmm. top two receiving options were out. Um, I believe their receivers were targeted a total of 16 times. Uh, if you compare that to who they played, they played the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and DeAndre Hopkins himself had 14 receptions. <laughs> so DeAndre himself almost out-received uh, by receptions the entire 49ers uh, receiving court. Yeah. You can't do that if you want real success. But yes. if So I, I see him going to the 49ers. But if we're talking about Gardner Minshew, Mr. Biscay, and Kyler Murray, what a segue to go into this. Pretenders or contenders? Are these guys the real deal, or are they just faking it? First on the docket, Jalen, is Gardner Minshew. Is he had a three touchdown game against a decent Colts defense, one yes. drop pass, and one hell of a motivational speech in the locker room post game. Is mm-hmm. he's been he had a decent um year the season last year. Um like like it wasn't bad for a rookie by far, especially yes. for a lower round rookie. He had a good season. Now this year yes. he starts the season off with th- with a three touchdown game. And he still has the stash. Minshew Mania is still alive and well. But is he the real deal? I think 
and I don't mean any type of disrespect yes, to him by this. I want him to be disrespect. Great. I, I want Gardner Mitchell to be great. Like that that's my thing. I love Gardner Mitchell. I think he's a great player. I think he's gonna be great. But right now, with the team he's with and the way he's playing, uh, and his ups and downs, if cause he's kinda he's kinda hit or miss some weeks. Some weeks he's very hit or miss. I see him right now as a better version of Jay Cutler when he was on the Bears. He he has years where he does great and he has weeks where he does like amazing. You'd think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Then there's other weeks where you're like Bro, how do you stop a starting job? And I think that's kind of the career path he's on right now. Uh, I think if he leaves Jacksonville within the next three to four years, he can get away from that. But I think if he stays with Jacksonville for this long and they keep doing what they're doing with just pretty much losing talent and not getting anything back from it, mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be on that path of not his fault, but he's going to end up being a better version of Jay Cutler just based off of raw talent. That's really interesting. I actually haven't heard that comparison before. Jay Cutler or Gardner Minshew is a better, a little better than Jay Cutler. Probably doesn't chain smoke as much, you know. But <laughs> it's not smoking for Gardner. It's it's all just straight Bud Light, baby. Just straight, Light. <laughs> you know, for Bud for Lighting the for the mustache yeah, king there in Gardner Minshew. I it might be preemptive, but based mm-hmm. off of what we've seen. And based off of what he's surrounded by, Gardner Minshew, if given, if what, if he is able to escape Jacksonville, essentially, he yes. is a real deal. He will be a threat. He will be a easily a top fifteen starting quarterback for his career if he's able to get out of Jacksonville. That's my my, my one thing. I have to go with it. He will yes. be successful, but I mean, he, he could have some success in down there. With in um in Jacksonville, he got some success. Sure, he's gonna he's gonna have the it's the same exact thing. Look at Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles came in was very high touted uh, recruit, mm-hmm. and, and he had a decent first year. It wasn't terrible, see, but the, the, just you could see the town around him wasn't enough to keep going. What I look at when I see Gardner Minshew is they had sub average talent last year as well. But mm-hmm. I I know it's stats, but you gotta look through it. The most important one is completion percentage, sixty two percent. That's that's about league average. That's not bad, not bad, um, especially as a rookie. Then I like the touch the touchdown to interception ratio twenty four to six. You're it's a four to one ratio. That's a very healthy one to have. If you can consistently put that up, you're going to have success in this league. Next one we need to talk about though is your boy Kyler Murray. Is he the real deal? I think. I think Kyler Murray is very dangerous. I feel like right now he has the attributes of some of the top quarterbacks in the game right now. He can run like Lamar. I'm not saying he can I'm not saying he's as fast or agile as Lamar, but he has that same threat. He has that same when you when you have the game plan for him, you have to think, okay, we can stop the pass, but if he takes off, we're gonna have an issue. Or if we stop his run, we still gotta watch the pass, so we're gonna have the issue. I think skills wise he has the ability to be a real contender and watching how he was under pressure against a very strong uh, 49ers defense. Mm-hmm. I think he's looking like a contender, especially after his rookie season. He didn't break under pressure. Uh, he had a decent season. Um, I think he would have won more games with a better defense last year. Uh, I think, honestly, I, I do think he's a contender. Not even saying it as a Cardinals fan, just in general. He is fun to watch. And he, he's doing it right. Yes, he did have a mess up. He did have an interception, mm-hmm. but it was a, a just a great defensive tip. 
balls in the air, someone's gonna grab it. You uh, want to hear something play, here, Jalen? So you yes. want to hear something? Kyler Murray. Well, it might be a little hot take, but Kyler Murray is going to have a better career than Michael Vick. Ooh. Kyler Murray is going to be better than Michael Vick because his passing is decent. I don't like what they did in Arizona in week one. I don't like him throwing the ball 40 times a game. I like him being more around the 30. The 30 range is going to be healthy for him. But like Michael Vick, a decent passer, but man, can he run Kyler Murray. Anytime he got out of the pocket, and anytime he, you saw him, he was slicing and dicing all the way up and down the field. 91 uh, rushing yards dude, for a quarterback. He was destroying that defense. And he's he's so fast. He's so quick in there. His cuts are crazy. And for a quarterback. I want you to hear this crazy stat. I want you to hear this crazy stat. Yes, yes, yes. This, so far, after week one, obviously this isn't a year, but after week one, the league leaders in yards per carry are David Johnson with 7.1 and Kyler Murray with 7.1. Kyler Murray would be one, number one with 9.1 yards per carry if he didn't take those knees in victory formation. He would have a 9.1 <laughs> yards per carry. But See, he, we take oh, uh, the Cardinals take victory formation and then shotgun, so it's a 10-yard, 5-yard uh, loss That's for, unreal. for victory formation. That's yes. <laughs> That that's um, just proving the point. <laughs> I, I I think there. Now the last one, Mr. Bisky, is he the real deal? Based off what we saw in Week One, is, is he going to have success? Hell. Or okay, because <laughs> that's where I was going with this. I mean, two hundred forty-two yards, three touchdowns, most of that coming in the fourth quarter. But he's too inconsistent. This doesn't mean anything. And I mean, no offense, Detroit Lions fans, because I know we have a couple. But mm-hmm. the D- Detroit Lions aren't a good. A, a way to test yourself, you know? They're not a, yeah. a, a good measure. So, Mitch Trubisky, no, kissing titties, he's not the real deal. And he never will be. Nick Foles is way better. Oh, no. I think oh, no. Mitch Trubisky's roof mm-hmm. right now, as of how we've seen him, is Carson Palmer. He, he can be Carson Palmer. Mm. But I'm not, not, I'm not talking about Carson Palmer like MVP season Carson Palmer. I'm talking about the year where he was averaging like he would throw like two interceptions a game, but he still threw for three hundred. So you mean like what <laughs> Philip Rivers does right now? <laughs> yes, Philip Rivers. But I didn't want to say Philip Rivers because Philip Rivers is like a guaranteed Hall of Famer. But like Carson Palmer is not. <laughs> but I, I hope Carson Palmer gets in because I'm a Cardinals fan mm-hmm. and like I, I he did have a pretty good career and he he yeah. didn't make some stuff happen. I hope he gets in the Hall of Fame, but I I think Philip Rivers. Definitely probably had a better career overall. All right, here we go. Now let's talk some fantasy, Jalen. I was disappointed yes. um, um, with one of my games in in, in uh, a league that we're both in. I had some success in other yes. leagues, um, so that's whatever. But biggest surprise of week one, bit, it, like who was that to you in, in terms of fantasy biz? For me, it was Colts running back Naheem Hines because I, uh, I mean, it did help with Marlon Mack going down, but it wasn't him. I wasn't expecting him to be this big in the passing game. Putting up 20, 26 points in the PPR league. Really good. I had him on the bench in one of my leagues. So I really want to shoot myself. Mm-hmm. But I still won that uh, game. So it's all good. <laughs> uh, let's see. The biggest surprise from week one was Saquon Barkley. Oh, wait. We're, the surprise, are we doing positive? Positive or? surprise. Positive, positive surprise. surprises. Okay, I'll save that for disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I think the positive surprise was, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, off of my team, I think the biggest surprise on my team was I have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I was expecting him to get like 100 yards and be cool. I was not expecting 14 receptions. No, no, that was awful. <laughs> that was awful. That, that, was, that was my biggest surprise. That was not fun to play against. Not at all. No. <laughs> but if we want to talk about disappointments, then I think the way to sum this up, besides Michael Thomas, but the caveat to that is that he did have an injured ankle. So it, it's not like he just he just crapped the bed for, for a game. I think we just talk about running backs as a whole. Saquon Barkley, yes. with he had decent 12 isn't bad, but it, for him it's disappointing. Nick Chubb, 5 points. James Conner, 2 points. Kim Akers, 4 points. Joe Mixon, 5 points. All those guys combined could have produced a decent running back game for a single running back. So, uh, especially in a PPR league, this killed a lot of people this week. Yes. Also, another name I want to add to that running backs list right there, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, I think, Ooh, was the biggest yeah. disappointment. Yeah. Um, I mean, running it wasn't back just... injuries in general were just yes. bad for fantasy it this week. It was crazy. And the, the crazy thing is before season, Le'Veon Bell was listed on a training camp injury list mm-hmm. as his hamstring. And he tweeted out, ain't nothing wrong with my hamstring. hamstring. <laughs> He's now on the IR for a hamstring injury. I think there's something wrong with the hamstring, Jalen. What do you there's think? There's something wrong with your freaking hamstring. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not an athletic trainer. But I think there's something wrong with the hamstring. All right. But I think this may lead to next next week. They have a rookie ready back in Pirine uh, up in New York and Frank Gore. We're going to see who gets the touches. I think whoever signs this week is definitely going to be a fantasy sleeper. So if you're listening to this before your game – I would sign either Frank Gore or P. Ryan from the New York Jets now that Le'Veon Bell's on IR. You got to be Frank Gore. Just just sign Frank Gore. (laughs) I like that. Now let's move on into the MLB, Jalen. So, oh, sorry. uh, Not MLB yet. NBA. My bad. NBA. We need because, I mean, the the, the MLB can wait. The thing is the MLB can wait. Yeah. You You almost blew that one. Ah, I see that because the Clippers blew it once again. They blow a three to one lead, it. and they still have never in franchise history been past the second round of the playoffs. And they do this by losing to uh, some fat Eastern European guy named Joker, whatever the hell his name is. Jokic. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just taking the piss out of it. <laughs> Talk about this, dude. Talk about this, please. Just, just, just rant. Yes, yes. Um, I think one of the main things that just demonstrates the entire Clippers uh, series after they went up 3-1, to one, I believe their top two scorers are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. At one point in the game, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George had combined for eight for about 48 from the field. How do you do that? <laughs> You're, you eight combined. At first, I looked at it, and I thought it said that they had combined for 48 points. I was like, that's decent, 24 points a person. Cool. I looked at it. It said 8 for 48. They <laughs> made eight baskets between the two leading scorers on the Clippers. Patrick Beverly didn't do anything but almost file out again. Mm-hmm. The rest of the team didn't do anything. They, they did nothing. They it, it was horrible. It was a horrible outing. Uh, they were down by 20 points at one point. Uh, they were being outscored left and right. They were being destroyed in the paint. The three-pointers, they were letting just allowing three-pointers after three-pointer. 
they, they did not look like the same team that they when they went up the I don't know if they went they went two one and they finally went three one and then after that three one win it just went downhill everyone was saying the series is over Clippers Lakers for the final not even freaking close. The Nuggets came back. Jamal Murray went crazy. Joker went crazy. They had an absolute, just amazing series. Shout out to those guys. Those guys did awesome. Um, but it, it was Kawhi was non-existent. What he happened with Kawhi, the reigning league MVP? What happened to his defense? What happened to his offensive production? He would oh man, he should have just stayed on Toronto. For being honest here, yes. He should, have, he should have stayed in Toronto. I understand you wanted to go with Paul George, but if you look at the history, if we're going off of history or just straight-up stats, Paul George is a good player, but he doesn't show up in playoffs. He doesn't show up in key moments majorly. He had, does have game winners in his, in his career, but for the most part, he just doesn't show up in big moments. And and you left a great franchise in Toronto that, with in my opinion, if Toronto had yeah, – Oh, oh yeah, Toronto. In my opinion, if Toronto – didn't uh didn't lose Kawhi, they would have made it back to the championship. They're repeating, again, in my opinion. Yes, they would be repeating this year. Um, but I think it's I think it's crazy. I think this shows that Kawhi is not ready to be that leader. I think he's more of the silent guy. But I think overall in his career, he's always had is this. He, uh, uh, leader Pippen there. I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't disrespect Scottie Pippen like that right now. <sighs> uh, that's no Scotty Pippen would never go eight for uh, combined for eight for forty eight with somebody else on his team uh, in a huge playoff game like that. Yeah, that's pretty. Also, Scotty Pippen was never on a team that would have ever given up a three to one lead. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, that's but funny. I think this this just shows uh, that um, Kawhi is not ready to be on that level. Uh, mm-hmm. He is not ready to be put in the conversation with LeBron and Jordan and Kobe and all those top guys. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be on a. One of the videos I heard, he was like, "If I ever hear your name on a top ten list again, Kawhi, I'm gonna kill somebody." <laughs> <laughs> he does. Uh, he doesn't deserve it uh, right now. I think he can get back up there, but it, he hasn't made it. He showed that this Clippers curse is real. The second yeah. round is dangerous territory. It's for not them. possible. Um, there should just be a second round buy for them, and they might make it. But after, <laughs> they might until make then, it. they're not making it anywhere. That's but yeah. good looks for them. They have they they pretty much almost have a guarantee to have the same exact team uh, next year that they had this year. So if, hopefully they figure something out. Kawhi and, and Paul learn how to shoot a basketball again, uh, and then hopefully they can have a shot. But that's the one now, thing to look forward to. That's the only they can go thing join Jimmy Lillard in Cancun. That that's <laughs> exactly now. MLB power rankings because we're yes. getting down to the wire right now. We had a couple teams actually clinch playoff spots. My A's are five wins away from winning that division and screwing over the Houston Asterix. And so I can't wait. But here we go. Power rankings, Jalen. Number five, is they finally make their appearance on, on the power rankings. The San Diego mm-hmm. Padres. I mean, uh, Tatis is, kind of, is, is slumping a little bit, but for his slump, it's not really that big of a deal. But yes. the Padres are eight and two right now. They are second in the um, NL West, just because the best team in their division is someone a little above them right now. So I, I like yes. the Padres. They're going to be big. And also, I had the Padres doing very good this season. So you did. Just so saying. congrats to you, Jen. We'll have to take a look back at that uh, MLB pre- preview show. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. Which feels like we record ages ago, but it really hasn't been. That yeah, that sounds. That feels like so long ago. It's so weird. Here we go. Number four. 
The team has a match of five wins away from winning the division, three wins away from clinching a, a third consecutive postseason appearance. You have the Oakland Athletics. Matt Chapman is out for the season, unfortunately. But that doesn't matter because you go out and get Jake Lamb, and, and, and he, you know, former um, MVP or Gold Glove, and then he goes out and does great stuff there. Um, he In his first game, he already um, got a single, a double against the Rockies, and he knocked in a run. So that's a really good way to start things off. He's he's going to be able to fill in well at that third baseball. I bet the A's wish they had Kyler Murray on that outfield now. Um, no, because uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray can get halfway up the wall. He's not robbing any home run. <laughs> a, you're gonna be mad when you see him trying to play baseball and he just like runs up the wall, hits a backflip, and catches it. <laughs> just to piss off the A's. But here we go. The well, A's... not run. Let, let's say that's not runs up the wall. Scurries up the wall. Scur- and catches. Uh, yeah, that's word. a way better description. I'll, I'll be honest with that one. Third team is the best team in the N or in the AL East right now, and likely the winner, unless the Yankees are on a little bit of a streak right now. But likely the win, very well, the winner of the AL East is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. And I was not expecting this at the beginning of the season. I expected a wild card team out of them. <laughs> I was not expecting the Yankees to to slump for this much. But now they've hit 18 home runs in like three games or something stupid like that. So they're doing Yankee things. But they're still not top five. Not yet, at least. Number two and number one were a little bit tougher. Most people, they say the number one team is the Dodgers. But I disagree. The Dodgers are the second best team right now. I just don't like how they've looked recently. Five and five in their last games. They both clinch spots, and Dodgers may have a game or two on this team, but the White Sox, they clinch. They're looking amazing right now. First playoff appearance in like 12 years or something stupid like that because they've always sucked for a while, but they're in in their last 10. They are the hottest team in baseball right now. They may very well be the best team in baseball right now. From 5-1, to one, Padres, A's, Rays, Dodgers, White Sox. Like it or not, that's fact. Straight up. Yes. Uh, Ross, I want to ask you, what, what do you think your biggest surprise so far, uh, surprise team or player has been so far uh, this season? And, Padres, and 100% MLB. have been the biggest surprise Padres. team. Mm, it's between the Padres and White Sox. Uh, Padres, easily the biggest surprise out of the NL. White Sox, biggest surprise out of the AL. I was not expecting this sort of offensive production from the White Sox. They've really blown any opposing pitching staff out of the water, and that's thoroughly impressed me, especially in this condensed season. So they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Absolutely dangerous. All right, and I just wanted to give a rundown of what the current standings if we started playoffs today would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, the number one seed in the American League would be the number one White Sox, who would be playing the number eight Indians. The Rays, the number two, would be playing the number seven Blue Jays. The number three Athletics would be playing the number six Astros. The number four Twins would be playing the number five Yankees to round out the American League. In the National League, we'd have the number one Dodgers playing the number eight Giants, which would be a great series. I'd love to see that. Uh, number two Cubs versus the number seven Phillies, the number three Braves versus the number six Reds, and then finally the number four Padre versus the number five Marlins. Mm. Marlins in the playoffs, Giants in the playoffs. That's um, it's unnatural. That's not okay. <laughs> that shouldn't be a thing. That's what happens when the top two teams are guaranteed a playoff spot. It's it's one hell of a year. October is it's going to be fun, and it's almost here. It's crazy. Also, I have the list of uh, 
wins needed to clinch a playoff spot if you want me to give that. I think we're good. There's a lot of teams right there. The only one that matters is the A's. That's the only one that matters is why. They just need yeah, three. the A's are three games away. Three and five. Yes. Three and five. That's all we need. And then that Giants means... think 14 to clinch. If the A's... <laughs> oh, if the A's... We won today. ...win the West, they're not. that's not, not only good for A's fans, but that's good for any single fan around the MLB because that means the Astros don't win the division, which means everyone wins. So, Oakland A's doing big things over there. Now, what I thing, usually I talk to... trash about the A's, but as long as they beat the Astros, I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> Look, bringing the world together. It's it, the enemy of my of uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Is my we, friend. Yes. So we keep it like that. Now we need to talk about a potential. We might actually see a pitcher win the triple crown this year. Of course, we're pitching. The triple crown is wins, strikeouts, and ERA. There is one man leading all three right now, and that is Indians ace Shane Bieber. Seven wins. 1.53 ERA, 102 strikeouts. He's averaging 14 per nine innings. Jalen, where are the odds he actually gets this? Um, I think he has the same amount of odds. As, this is pretty much for people who don't watch baseball but still listen to our podcast. Thank you. Uh, in college football, this is about the same chance of a defensive player winning the Heisman. Uh, <laughs> that, that's pretty much just <laughs> equal for that. That's a really yeah, good a way to translate it. I hope he does it. I feel like this is kind of like that season when Tyron Matthews almost won the Heisman. I feel like that's kind of the same thing. I'm kind of hoping he pulls it off, though. I feel like this is a great chance. I really want to see it. In my opinion, I I, I want to see it. Just because, you know, this is a crazy season. We have COVID and everything, a shortened season, expanded playoffs. I want to see something crazy happen. I want to see a pitcher win the Triple Crown. <laughs> Please. If, if Shane Bieber wins the Triple Crown. That will be the most 2020 stuff ever because we hardly ever see this. It's a crazy year. It's everything crazy and unpredictable that can happen is happening. And pitcher winning the triple crown. Yep. Uh, that's, I think that's just a, the one of the best ways to sum up the regular season. What better way, Jalen? Also, if we're tying triple crown, um, he's not as close right now. He's leading the league in home runs with 20. Luke Fort of the Yankees, don't be too surprised if he somehow uh, manages to, to overcome. Oh, excuse me. Uh, oh, man, that, that was a weird ass sneeze. You know, you know the feeling. Man, but some stuff in the UFC, we need to talk about it because I, I, I think first thing I want to talk about, as I alluded to earlier in the show, Jalen, there's yes. a new curse fight. It's not the, the, the Khabib Ferguson fight anymore. It's a Glover and Santos fight now. <laughs> Come yeah. on, first we it was supposed to be a couple weeks ago. First we get that um, Glover takes our test positive for the the Rona. Now Chaco Santos test positive, and so now with that scrapped again, and we haven't gotten a new fight yet for them. So I'm a little worried because I really need to see this matchup. This is huge. This is yeah. huge for the light heavyweight division. But Honestly, we, if Santos wins, he has another title shot. Are we going? No, whoever wins this is, is getting the title shot. This is going to be yes. the number one contender spot. And so, Pretty much, yes. There's a lot right on this fight. It needs to happen. And uh, I'm just, Jalen, once again, UFC fans, the MMA gods do not smile upon us, and we don't deserve anything good because we're all pieces of crap. Yes. Thanks, Ron. According to the gods, at least. Yes. <laughs> It's something, but man, okay. 
we need to talk about this up. Dustin Poirier. Supposed to have a banger of a fight with Tony Ferguson at UFC 254. They have not come to terms yes. yet. They're still hopefully negotiating. They're still stuff being thrown around. Dustin Poirier still wants to fight. But the problem is pay. Dustin Poirier is, um, or at least Dana White in the UFC did not uh, want to pay Dustin Poirier as much as he wants and deserves, quite frankly, for this fight. He's mm-hmm. a prize fighter. We all know this. He Dustin Poirier deserves to get paid. Hell, even Tony Ferguson, when do you see a Ralph competitor in your same weight class go out and say that this man needs to be paid? Who does that? Yeah. Never um, so what's... Uh, I got beef with this. Dana White, yeah. just straight up pay, pay Dustin Poirier. I mean, I understand. I mean, like, I understand both sides. If I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm being 100% honest, I do understand both sides for the most part. I do see Dustin Poirier, while he's a great fighter, he has not a big draw. But at the same point, in while COVID is going on, you really don't want to boost anybody's pay when there's no crowd. Uh, I understand mm-hmm. from their side that aspect. But I also understand from the Poirier side, Poirier does take a lot of damage in his fights. He's not going to be fighting forever. Uh, I understand him wanting more money. I, you you don't want to get beat up for a low price. Like mm-hmm. This isn't street fighting. Also, like, look at Tony Ferguson's opponents, not including Justin Gaethje. Yes, exactly. They end up messed up. Messed up. And if, that, if his fight with Ferguson is anything like his battle with Hooker, he's his face is getting sliced and diced. Exactly. And you want to get paid. If you know you're going to go against a person who's going to put a lot of damage on you and you know you're going to have to put a lot of damage on them, you're going to want to get paid more. It's just it, it, you know that it, it's it's worth it. Like John Jones wanting to move up to heavyweight. Obviously, he's going to want more money. He's going against guys who can knock him out in one hit. Like, that's no, how the heavyweight goes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People, you can get your lights put out like that. And I understand. If you're going against Talk a guy to who does a lot about more. That. <laughs> exactly. If you're going against a guy who does a lot more damage uh, than you'd like, I'm going to ask for more money. It just makes sense. And he deserves it. If we're looking at his, his body of work, he's mm-hmm. been kind of just a, a quiet, nice guy this entire time. And now this first time, he's, he's like, company, okay, I'm going to more taking, money. He's yeah, exactly. So I, I think it. he deserves it, honestly. If I had to lean one way, I would definitely lean towards Dustin Poirier deserves mm-hmm. it, and I understand his side more. Now, on the topic of UFC 254, which is, of course, the light heavyweight title fight, and the main event is Habib and Justin Gaethje, a very anticipated fight. Will we Once the time comes, which is very soon, actually. Very soon. It's, it's going to be here before we know it. Um, I mean, before that, though, don't forget Paulo Casa and Israel Adesanya. But yes, continue. Yes, <laughs> which, of course, UC 253 will have our preview shows for all those, which will be fantastic, of course. But a potential backup fighter, and he's brand new to the UFC, former Bellator lightweight champion, I think few-time champion, Michael mm-hmm. Chandler made officially today recording 917. He is signing with the UFC after a very short free agency period, and he will be actually the backup fighter in case Gaethje or Khabib can't compete. Your thoughts on this? I mean, Signing and the backup role. I mean, I think it's kind of like what happened with Cyborg going to Bellator. She was kind of almost instantly given a title shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think as the backup, I think he should have a fight. I don't think he should just be like the backup, like, oh, I'm going to be there. Type. Mm-hmm. I think he should have a fight on the card, and if someone drops out, his fight's scrapped, another fight's thrown well, in. I like to be the both. backup more for Poirier and Ferguson. Yeah, I, I think I think 
I didn't I don't like the situation, but that if if he's in that situation, I think that's what it should be. He should have a fight scheduled, and if someone backs out, then scrap his fight, put his fight, I mean, move him up. But in my opinion, there's a lot of people who've been in this division fighting for this division mm-hmm. uh, that deserve that spot. Um, I think he's a very enticing um, competitor. Yeah. Uh, I like him in you that can't division. Knock his talent. Yeah, you, you can't, can't knock him at all. Um, but I just think he, he need, you need a warm up fight. I mean, I have nothing against Bellator, mm-hmm. but it's just the, in my opinion, in Bellator, the top of the top is really good, but then there's a huge drop off. There is, and I think in the UFC, it's a lot harder to find that drop off, which is why I think everyone, when you move to a new, you should have you should have to fight one person. If, if it's up to me, if it's up to me, Jalen, Michael Chandler will come in, and his first fight is with Dan Hooker. That's mm. what I do. I give, That's I give, what I imagine. If the, the Poirier fight doesn't get put together with Ferguson, I would have put him against Poirier or Ferguson. Either one. I like I, I want to see Dan what Hooker. I think that's a good intro. I think that's... But Poirier, Ferguson... I think any one of those three could be really good. I don't like him being the backup already. I just don't I think... Don't. I don't. Yeah. Not knocking, but he's not good enough. At least not yet. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, we haven't seen how good he can be. I mean, he kind of just like ran through Bellator for the most part for the, uh, until he lost, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But, but I guess we'll yeah. wait and see. I do love the signing, though. I'm very excited to see him. In the yeah, market. I'm very excited for the signing. He's good. He's good. And so he's. There's been, been a lot. Of, actually, there's been a lot of uh, underappreciated signings that have happened lately. Obviously, a lot of them haven't had fights yet, uh, just because of how everything's going on with COVID and everything. But there's a lot of people we haven't seen that have signed over like the past like four or five months that are waiting to get fights. Like, there's a couple of bantamweights that are like power. Sh- I forgot. Uh, we had a couple of people sign that were like power hitters in the bantamweight division. We have more lightweight contenders that are signed. We had a couple of light heavyweights signed with the company. We've had some big heavyweights on with the company that I haven't even got a chance to fight. Yet. Future is I'm bright. Just yeah, I'm very excited. A fight fan, there's a lot to look forward to. And speaking yes. of looking forward to, UFC Vegas 11, a loaded card. The undercard, if anything, is going to be phenomenal. And we know Cowboy Cerrone, Nico Price. That fight yes. is going to be ridiculous. I was of course, we'll. That. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll have the, the breakdown of that once the card is over, of course, with our UFC correspondent, Blake Campbell, the illustrious Blake Campbell. But before, I want to end this show, Jalen, with predicting the main event between Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley. How do you see this one going? Um, I think it's going to be decided really early. Um, not decided early, as I don't think it's going to be finished early, but I think uh-huh. very early on we're going to be able to tell. Um Tyron Woodley's going to be going out for the knockout shot. I don't think Kobe Covington has knockout power. Uh, he hasn't shown it yet, at least. His trainer saying that he's not a real southpaw and that he he didn't really know how to throw his left. Yeah. So his right hand's actually his power hand. But it's like, I don't know. I don't really take that as an excuse um, for him not knocking people out this entire time. I feel like you would notice, like, oh, I'm not hitting that. I'm like, on, let me fix that. Uh, but um, I definitely think that um, – I, I think Tyron Woodley can win this shot fight because if he Kobe gets touched, like he got touched against Kamaru, Kamaru Usman is a very strong fighter, but he's not knocking people out with like one punch mm-hmm. power. He he puts it on you and then knocks you out in the later rounds. Tyron Woodley puts your lights out with one shot. He can land it, mm-hmm. but I don't like Woodley's chances because Covington is so similar to Kamaru Usman's style. Yes. And when he fought Kamaru Usman, 
Kamaru Usman was on him. But like I said, Kamaru Usman is stronger than Colby, so maybe that slightly less power mm-hmm. is an advantage that Woodley needed to be able to put it on him. Uh, so, I mean, I'm hoping for Woodley. I like Woodley a lot more than I like Colby, so I hope Woodley wins. But I think just strategically and styles-wise, it does look like, based off Tyron Woodley's history, that this fight will probably go to Colby. There you go. I'm not even going to give you the winner. I'm going to give you the decision, and I'll give you the score. This fight is going to be Colby Covington winning by unanimous decision with 50-44 on all three judges' scorecards. This is going to be a beatdown from round one all the way to the end of round five. And I don't, if he can, I don't think Colby Covington goes for the knockout. He will beat Tyron Woodley. He wants to beat him for five rounds. Tyron Woodley is going to go from champion, in a couple years, is going to go from champion to losing 15 straight rounds and retiring from the UFC. That's exactly what's going to happen Saturday night. There's, there's no way he wins this. It's it, I, the the pressure from Colby Covington is just next level. We saw what he did against Robbie Lawler. We saw what he did when um, he fought Kamaru Usman. He would have, if it wasn't for a really good finish with a minute to go in the fight, Colby Covington would still be your welterweight champion of the world. And it's just Woodley is just on one too much of a decline. Covington's still at the top of his game in his prime. I don't think I don't see this fight going any other way, you know? Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. But, hey, I'm kind of looking forward to that because the shit talking that's going to happen from Colby Covington retiring um, Tyron Woodley is going to be top tier, Jalen. I know we can agree yes. on that much. <laughs> Whoever wins this time, the, the trash talk is going to be very, very, very uh, I need Colby Covington to, to talk about Woodley's rap game. That that's <laughs> by dropping a diss track. Colby Covington diss track in the White House. In the oral office. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen. I said oral oval yeah, office. Yeah, we, we know what you mentioned. I just want to scoop by and say can't embarrass you too much. Don't but, it ah, it's all we go. But there we go, everyone. That's gonna wrap it yeah. for episode <laughs> fifty-one oh. of the fourth <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I've been your host, Ross Allen, joined along by, inside by Jalen Johnson. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out our show, um, Breaking Down NFL Week 1. Me and Alex Kropp, um, he was back on the show. We broke down every single game. Power rankings and the biggest overreaction from Week 1. And Monday, the um, what, what's the actual day? It's September um, 21st. 21st. That's one. Monday, September 21st. Be ready for another XFL interview with kicker from the DC Defenders, Tyler Raza, former BSU guy, BSU Nation. Let's go! It's it's a good one. We talk about the beer snake, man, and so you're not going to want to miss it. But we will check us out www.thefourthandlong.com, Twitter at Fourth Long Radio, Instagram at Fourth and Long Radio. Find us everywhere: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We're doing big things, and you want to be a part of the train. But we'll catch you guys in the next video. Podcasting. Yeah.